the fourth official's EPL and World Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with Manchester City fan James Lewis, who is back from his travels. Welcome back, James. It's me. Hi. You're the problem. I'm the problem. Yeah, it's me. Very, very topical, James. And Dr. Pete of Tottenham Fandom. And guys, I thought we were going to get Ken today. I really, really did. And I realized I might have thrown the wrench in things being t- being 20 minutes late to the start of recording. But he wasn't coming anyways, right? No, he never responded. He didn't show to, up. Uh, well, he didn't even, he didn't even see the Arsenal game. Yeah, tell you what. That's ever true, since this new kid joined the, the, the group. Yeah, ever since he had his third I don't know. baby. I don't Priorities. Know like, kids. like he's changed. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy's just It's not us, it's kids. him. Yeah, well, he is drowning in kids. And, and to be fair, James is very adamant about this and upfront that that's not his fault because James told him not to have kids anyway. Um, I did. So, or at least not another one. Yeah. Check the tape. I, mean, yeah, check the tape. I kept the receipts. Well, we had a good weekend for Premier League action, guys. It was actually a record-breaking weekend for goals. Fun weekend. A, uh, Saturday and Sunday stretch. I think it was like 42 hmm. for a Saturday and Sunday stretch. Yeah. A lot of really good games. And we can break into some of the games from last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday matches, um, as the Premier League came back from its mini break, which was great for them. You know, it, it was a lot more tolerable having this break knowing that it wasn't like an international break you know it wasn't a stupid pointless international break it was like the international break where your best player gets hurt for three months yeah exactly exactly although that's not entirely true because afcon's still going on (laughs) that's right and asiacon or whatever it's called (laughs) so you were still missing your best player they don't break for that though Mm mm-hmm those are they don't break for those cons. True, true. Um, so guys, I think what happened after the dust settled this weekend and this week with two matches in play is that we have a three-team title race? Question mark. Pete, can we say that? Um, three right? teams that are close to each other in points at the top of the table. That's that's so the best way to say it. Yes. So and it could have been down to two after the weekend. It really could Yeah, have. would you concur with that? It, it's Is it not a three-team title race, but rather three teams are close to each other in the table uh, in the beginning of February? Yeah, but it's a two-team title race. Yes. Um, I think Jose Mourinho said it, right? He said... It's our, it's our <laughs> He said 51% Manchester City to win the title, 49% Liverpool. And they're like, well, what about <laughs> Arsenal? And he's like, no. Zero. <laughs> No, uh, still a shithouser. That being said, Liverpool's on 51 points. Manchester City on 49. Game in hand. Game in hand. With a game in hand. Arsenal on 49. Villa on 46. So, that is a at least three team. I mean, you have four teams there that are within five points, which is pretty cool. And Tottenham is not terribly far behind, although I wouldn't say they're in, a, in the title race. They're still doing well and as Villa slides and Tottenham gets a little more healthy, right, Pete? They're That's coming, right, Thomas. That's uh, right. Back into the fold, or at least fighting strongly for a Champions League spot. Um, so, guys, let's start with the big game of this weekend. We have Arsenal 3, Liverpool 1 at home. 
this was an interesting game because it wasn't Arsenal that capitulated. It was Liverpool that fell apart. Um, and Arsenal, we can talk about their celebrations and stuff uh, at the end. Let's, let's stick with the game for now. But Arsenal probably pay, played their best game of the season. Um, and maybe the best we've seen them in a big game, I guess. Uh, they didn't do anything. I mean, they did make a huge mistake right before the half. That was terrible. And allowed Liverpool back in the game. But besides that, um, uh, you know, I thought that, James, I thought that uh, Arsenal played pretty well. Yeah, I think they did. I mean, again, I'm not saying give, give, give Arsenal credit for playing well. Yeah. But this was a uncharacteristic game for Liverpool, I think, in that they're, they, they really paid for the mistakes that they made. Yeah, big like, mistakes. There were some uncharacteristic mistakes. I mean, yeah, I think Van Van Dyke had a terrible game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Allison too. Al and Both Allison them, had yeah. a terrible game. Allison, Allison and Van Dyke conspired for the second goal. Was it? Yeah. Um, was the bouncing ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bouncing ball over the top mm-hmm. with Havertz or Martinelli running onto it. Never gonna. Never should get anywhere near it. Van Dyke tries to shoulder him as he's coming in so Allison can collect. Yeah. Somehow loses the shoulder battle with Martinelli. <laughs> yeah. That was which causes him somehow. to how. Yeah, somehow. Which causes him to veer into the path of Allison, meaning that he can't extend his leg to kick the ball. Whiffs it. Van Dyke runs way past it. Martinelli just stops and slots the ball into that was insane to yeah. me. Free goal. Then Free goal. Then Trossard smokes whoever on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it like Gomez playing over there at that point because Kanate yeah, had been sent off? So we'd have to, yeah. And whatever. and then just and then nutmegs Allison via the bottom of Van Dyke's boots. Yeah, so, pretty crazy. I mean, that, that game was in the ninety third minute. When that Trussard goal went in, I will say this, that that is the only way to score from that angle. And Allison is a top three goalie in the world. He should be saving that. I mean, it was coming from the sideline, basically, the byline. There shouldn't be an angle to score. The only spot you have is the between the goalie's legs. Um, yeah. And yeah, Allison and- gets beat for that. I, I mean, I think more importantly there is how easily Trussard got in. Um, well, and and Van Dyke had the angle. He was just like very cocky, arrogant, like nonchalant about cutting off the angle. And Trissard is like, okay, you want to keep yeah. giving me? And he just kept running and running. You're like, uh, when's he going to cut off his angle towards yeah. the goal? And he never did. And if you're Trissard, you okay, okay, I'm going to smash it at Allison. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You get you get good rebounds or or whatever when you're that close. Yeah. And he just happened to catch a deflection which he without van dyke's foot in there might might not have gone in but it, he didn't have it covered very well you're right a, a very yeah. poor game from those two who are typically two of their best players in big games they rarely lose games for them yeah i would agree with that especially in this like you said is a, is a big game for them and to see them Vir- virgil van dyke and Allison, like, be the players that lost it for them was very surprising. Um, it, You know, so they while, while we were on break here, 
they several things happen, including uh, Jurgen Klopp announces that he's stepping down from Liverpool, uh, effective at the end of the year, um, which you know immediately has people saying, "Well, why is that?" And uh, you know, initially people are talking about how that will galvanize Liverpool and push them through. I think that it actually puts a little more pressure on them um, than anything else. I also think that. Liverpool, in general, have not collapsed under Klopp. That's not the reason that they don't win titles, Pete. I mean, they went toe-to-toe with Pep's 100-point Centurions and put up, like, 97. And in the following year, I think Pep's team, James, you can correct me, I think Pep's team had 97 and Liverpool had, like, 96. And during those stretches, uh, coming down at the end of the season, um, Liverpool hung in there. So it's not like their Arsenal where, you know, last year with eight games remaining, Arsenal just folded up like a tent at the end of the season and lost 50% of the available points, if not more, to teams they should have beaten and just stepped out of the title race, excused themselves from the title race. It doesn't really feel like Liverpool's doing that. Um, But at the same time, James, points loss here... And City is looking like they're starting as KDB comes back and Holland comes back. It looks like they're starting to catch their, uh, to get, get the wind under their sails. So what do you think of Liverpool here? No Mo Salah, Klopp's leaving, etc. Well, they're going to get Mo Salah back, which is going to be a boost for them. Because mm-hmm. as you saw in this game, just like in every other game, you just can't count on Nunez to carry... The goal burden. Um, but, you know, like I said, th- th- and that's why I pointed out that this was an uncharacteristic game for Liverpool. Um, I would, I would, they're usually not so sloppy. You can credit some of that to Arsenal's game plan, but I also think that both of, like, this game, but for those two awful and Ken might say unlucky. Or you might say no, unlucky no. mistakes. Of course not. Of course not. Um, it this could get, that game could have ended one one, you know. Um, I also I thought it was weird, just to in that game in the game a little bit. I thought it was weird the substitutions that Klopp made. He took Trent off when it was one one in like the sixtieth minute or whatever. I think he was coming back from injury. Yeah, but I like, I guess that yeah, was their right. game. That had to be their game plan going in. Like, okay, you got sixty minutes, right? But like, they don't have. They, they don't like you go from Trent who can make something happen on offense to yeah. having Joe Gomez at right back. Yeah. Kind of you know, the game. it's kind of, yeah, I think that was a huge issue for them. They're not usually so undisciplined. Anyway, like I said, they're going to get a boost from Salah coming back. So uh, they're not going to drop out of the race, but I, I, you know, you mentioned Klopp announcing that he's stepping out and I yeah. think he made some, like he made some comment about like, I wanted to do this now so that, you know, what happens now from now on, it's just, it's about, it's about the team. Like the, I forget what he said. He was like, he's like, what happens now is it's about the players. You know what I mean? Like, which is weird to me. That is weird. It's like, because you could you could wait for the season to end, 
mm-hmm. win win or lose the title and say, hey, my time here is done. Like no yeah. one is gonna question it. If you win, you got you leave a winner. If you lose, I mean, right now, I mean, he's just like, I'm tired. You know? That that Yeah. Which that is weird. weird. That reason still holds up at the end of the season if you want to say, I'm tired and I gotta I gotta leave. I do think lose. it um part of the reason he may have done it is it gives the club a leg up on finding the next manager. Like Liverpool can actively recruit another manager right now. Whereas well, I think they they could have done that without it being public. Eh, mm. that's almost impossible to do that. I think he even mentioned like he did not uh-huh. want it to come out. He would he didn't want the players to hear it from other sources basically. And it, the articles that I read said he had decided actually this off season. Yeah. That he was this would be the the last year but he and he had told the higher ups in Liverpool, so they all decided together. Uh, well, actually, I think they let him decide, and he just decided now was the time. I mean, there's never a good time. No, to but do I think it. this is this is interesting timing when you're coming into the back end of the season in a title race. Like, you know, maybe it's a stroke of genius, maybe it's an absolute mistake. Like, if the players now are on shaky mentality, he and he makes that announcement. They go into the Arsenal game. They fold uncharacteristically. If they if their season implodes from here, what's Klopp's, what's Klopp's responsibility in that? Hmm. That's a fair point. Yeah, I think actually I hadn't really thought about Pete's side of that, where you're saying you know it gives Liverpool a chance to find a new manager. Yeah, because I mean um, you can bat your eyes at anybody you want right now, as opposed yeah. to like you know articles coming out like when when we had Conte and he wasn't renewing his contract. Oh yeah, it was such a f-ing distraction, man. I mean, so that in the fact that he was just, you know, Haunting. the stuff he would say, that um, it just it you could tell that the players they were losing their focus and it was a complete distraction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we don't know how their players have re- are reacting to this now, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the sign, the immediate result is a loss to Arsenal. Oh, they we'll did see win where it goes from midweek. They did win their game in midweek, but it was Chelsea. It was Chelsea. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was one of their best performances of the season. Chelsea's not great, I, but I they mean, absolutely demolished them. It was also like our best performance of the season. Yeah, like, Chelsea is not the, the measuring stick. <laughs> Chelsea is miserable. We will get to that as well. But Liverpool, um, they lose three to one um, by their own fault. You know. Yeah, they lost this game. They not. Arsenal won it per se. Although I I think that Arsenal, you know, we don't give Arsenal very much credit at all on this podcast when Ken's not here. But um, they nullified Liverpool's attack completely in this game. Like they really didn't have many chances at all. And I think Liverpool came in with the most goals in the league, or at least, Mm -hmm. you know, first or second. And yeah, they're missing Salah. um, But they are a very difficult attack to stop and you know say whatever you want but vegas had arsenal as decent favorites in this game so yeah they are getting respect game yeah yeah they're getting respect um as a team who is you know up there with city and liverpool um and this was a big win i think that um you know when you win a game 
a big game in February and you celebrate like your Middlesbrough and you just beat um, somebody like Liverpool in the fourth round of the FA Cup <laughs> at home. It's kind you of pathetic. You, you really look yeah. like, you know, act like you've been there before rather than I, run down the touchline twice after two separate goals. I think it's manufactured passion. I said this in the chat. I, I think, love that. I think, I think Michael Arteta doesn't, he knows that he should have an emotion here. Mm-hmm. He knows that the fans will react to it. He doesn't actually have any emotions because he's a sociopath. <laughs> and he's just like, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do subtle. He doesn't, the guy doesn't do subtle. He's either a blank yeah. face or he's screaming. I, I, I don't take that read at all. I take it as something worse in the sense that it's somebody who has absolutely no control over their emotions. And so when it gets to, the, you know, the Champions League semifinals or whatever, and they're mm-hmm. down two one, and you have to be calm. You know your players have to stay focused. Like it's kind of like PSG, you know, against City. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're just completely lose all of their focus, get a red card. You know, yeah. all that stuff bleeds down bleeds from down, the manager yes. yeah. for sure. And he but looks you know, like he he reminds me of like you know they're surgical attendings who are like they lose five drops of blood and they're like shouting mm-hmm. around and like you know getting everybody um really tense and then yeah. well, well guess what's going to happen when they lose a bucket of blood it's not going to be yeah. like a calm situation that they work their way out of <laughs> that's i i really i'm glad we have you for that pete i need more <laughs> of these uh surgical analogies within the sports world I think that's a really great point, though, the idea that the emotions uh, bleed down. Do you guys remember in 2010, the World Cup, uh, the Spanish manager, Vincent Del Bosque, do you remember him sitting in the corner of the dugout? And they would always pan to him. He had a big mustache. Beautiful, bushy mustache. Dead-faced. No matter what. Dead-faced. Oh, the other team just scored? Nothing. Absolutely, like no stare. Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson got a lot better at this as he got older. Uh, in the beginning, he was, I mean, he's Scottish and he's very passionate. So he does, he was yelling around all the time. As he got older, he would just sit and goals would be scored. And yeah, you'd see him maybe pump his fist. I think there's a, there's a good meme that, that goes around or gif that goes around of him. Like his, his, his face is saying nothing, but his, his hand is like pumping. <laughs> It's like opening and closing really fast, but like he, he got better at it as he, as he got older. Cause he understood that the emotions bleed down. And if you're going to be somebody who's going to fly off the handle every time something happens, or even Pete, you know, I was thinking about this. We had a shootout for my under tens. This was an indoor uh, last year. And just in the under tens, just these little like boys, being calm and like loose and, and like uh, oh yeah guys like now we could do a shootout this is gonna be really fun like is totally different projecting that it changed and i looked at the way the other coach was was doing it and he's like pacing and the kids are real nervous and stuff but just that little bit even though this that's uh, that's 10 year olds it's the same thing you know you you have to be a little more subtle obviously but Going crazy. So what happens if Arteta goes crazy? And by going crazy, running down the, the touchline after, what was it, goal number two, Pete? That made it two to one? 
uh, first and third goal. So you go Running way, down way up. Side. You go way, way up. So what happens then when you let up that goal, when you're the one who lets up the first goal? You go way, way down like your team does. It's just – it's not a good way to do it. You want to be closer to balance rather than way up and way down. And I think – Arteta has really solidified himself this season. Last season, he was knocking on the door, but really solidified himself as the most obnoxious manager in the Prem. I think we can agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think every <laughs> yeah. industry... I won't argue. You you want your leaders to have calmness under yeah. pressure in virtually out, man. every industry. And if you're thinking of this as like a war or a battle, yeah. you know, those are the people who are the best leaders and and when his low low is Mm -hmm. just going absolutely berserk at the refs or or whatever stupid thing he happens to pick that day and he just sounds so petty and stupid and i don't i don't have a problem with coaches celebrating goals like you know jumping into your coach's arms big goal i mean this is a big win like Celebrate your big wins, but like, yeah, agreed. Running down the touchline twice, like in February. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, it's just a uh, little bit silly. And you think Klopp's not filing that away? I mean, unfortunately, yeah. they won't play Liverpool again. But you, you think if if Liverpool scores against them next time, and Klopp was a manager, he wouldn't go running down the touchline to rub it in your face? Like that well, kind of stuff motivates the other players and coaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, James, anything to add? I mean, the reason he's celebrating like that is because these games are their cup finals. This is Arsenal we're yes. talking about. They're not going to win the league. These are, and, and again, it, it's for the whole fan base. Like, they're going to talk about how they beat Liverpool this season. They're not going to talk about how they won the league. Yeah. Because they're not going <laughs> to. No, and that's not successful. Um, they might talk about how they got ahead of Tottenham, which used to be the thing that they made fun of Tottenham for, right, Pete? So they might they might talk yeah. about that if they don't collapse again. Their their excuses when they don't win any trophies this season will be um will be entertaining. Definitely, definitely. So, but in this case, Arsenal do win three to one. They take advantage of the home field. They do have a lot of tough games. I believe they play everybody else at home. Or away, all the big teams away. I believe they play Tottenham away. Yes. Um, Manchester United away, and I know they play City away. Um, so they have big teams left to play away. Um, you know, I think maybe they're better off not being in first, guys, and not not having to put that pressure. But I think that Arteta has mismanaged several situations this year. Not least of all his goalkeeping situation, as they uh, make an error right before as Raya makes an error right before uh, halftime to open the game back up to Liverpool, just an unthinkable error between Gabriel, uh, no, actually Saliba and Raya. Uh, Saliba sh- trying to shield Terrible. a player while Raya sits back. <laughs> I think Raya has been really actually pretty poor this year, and it was a huge mistake to uh, unsettle the back line by bringing in a guy uh, when Ramsdale was fine last year. And He's not of, any better you know, than Scamsdale. Anyway. Exactly. He's not better. So why unsettle? Why unsettle? Which is my point. Um, and just as I'm saying that Arsenal mismanaging um, the, the the man part of it is the same thing as them mismanaging the emotions. I think that comes back to Arteta again. But at least 
unless he puts the pressure on himself, which he could do. I could see him coming out and being like, well, we're in this title race instead of doing the smart thing and being like, oh, no, like the, the title race is, is definitely in City's, City's pocket or in, in Liverpool's pocket. We're just we're hanging around and waiting for a mistake. And instead, I could totally see him like basically pulling the pressure down on himself like an idiot because he doesn't seem to understand how to manage these situations. Um, Here's the other but, sneaky thing that Arsenal has to worry about for the future is that they have been spending a ton of money. And, oh, yeah. and and that's another thing. They they buy another goalkeeper. That's another 20 or 30 million that they spent. Mm-hmm. And everybody is now paying much closer attention to FFP and, you know, very quiet January transfer window. But this is not a team that's going to be able to go out and buy 150 million worth of players in the summer. And they don't, mm-hmm. they don't have a bunch of Academy players that they've sold like city and, and even Chelsea has, or is going to do. So they, it's going to be interesting to see how much they're able to improve their team after this season. True. And, um, you know, we've already spent 25 minutes talking about them, but, uh, the way they play Declan Rice for what they paid for him is very strange. Um, I said that from the beginning. That's the last thing I I said it from the first game. We spent, way too much time on Arsenal. Uh, we can get into that next week, but let's move to title contenders. The team that probably did the best out of that first initial game, James was Manchester city. Um, Manchester city has won five games in a row. Second half city in it. In it. Um, <laughs> they've won five games in a row. Kevin De Bruyne has been back for three of them, I believe, and played pretty well in all those games. Holland came back finally, um, I think it's interesting, worth noting that when Holland got injured in December, it was like, oh yeah, next week, next week, next week, next week, next week. And he came back in the first week of February. So, I'm happy. I'm happy he, if he gets treated with kid gloves for right now. Oh, I don't think that's what happened. I think that Pep Guardiola justifiably lies about his injuries oh, and yeah. right, I agree. didn't really get stick for it. Um, I just think it's funny that people are like, oh, he's coming back this week. Like all the fantasy, fantasy uh, soccer is really big in, in the EPL or in England right now. And it makes me laugh because it's like the first, it's like the first iteration of fantasy football. Like their format right now sucks. It's like, oh, everybody can pick the same players every week. So everybody has Holland, you know, like there's a, there's a point value. And then it's like, oh, everybody has Holland and everybody has Trent Alexander-Arnold so the differences between teams is like the left back, and that's how you discriminate between yeah. the, fir- the team in first place or your bench, team, your bench players. Yeah, in a hundred thousandth place, so yeah. it's one big open pool. It's really stupid. They they are uh, like I was explaining to the to the some English guys I know and did a and did like a, some some footy writing for, and they're like looking at me like I'm an idiot, and I'm like, <laughs> oh no, we we do like uh, a draft and everybody gets, you know, you draft a player and not every team can have that. It's a snake draft one player at a time. They're like, well, that sounds stupid. (laughs) And I'm like, actually what it is, is is it's the evolution. You guys are in 1998 right now for fantasy football. And we are in 2024 and we'll see you in living on a tiny Island. (laughs) You know, Pete, that did save them. 
That did save them in World War Two. That tiny island. Wow. Did yeah. save them. World War didn't save them in the Revolutionary War. They. Facts. Yeah, but the we fantasy big, players big, were big, big very guy. upset about Holland's continual one week away. I knew. Yes. I didn't. I I was not even. I because well, I the also best play in the fantasy. League, probably right. I also play fantasy. He's yeah. the most expensive probably. player in the league. I mean, solid, yeah, every time. solid gets as many points. But anyway, mm-hmm. I I I had him up until the injury. I sold him, mm-hmm. and I haven't even brought him back yet. Um, but but yeah, stinks. I mean Pep, and and you know until they, I think it's interesting too, because I think you should probably have a system like the NFL, where you have a public injury listing day you know like that you're required to report yeah, your i agree with that yeah and they're like that's really for vegas <laughs> it's for vegas yeah but 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 yeah. as gambling gets bigger that's what james is kind of poking at yeah no i mean it's it's he's right i mean they gamble over there more than they do over here yeah mm-hmm. so i mean i'm surprised actually that that is not in place yet um but but anyway i mean i think i'm glad that pep's allowed to do it i'm glad that he does do it because it's definitely we definitely play a different way. Uh-uh. Yeah, you definitely do. Um, and I think Holland coming in it was interesting to see them start to integrate him into their play again after having no direct figurehead at their attack. Yeah, it was like um, since December. Really, yeah, yeah, they had a really interesting game against Brentford. I thought. I mean, City win five in a row. Um, they won this game against Brentford. They ended up going down one nothing to Neil Malpay. It was I- <laughs> route one. It was literally from the goalkeeper over the top of the back line to Malpay. Not only that, but it was kicked long, and all that Ivan Tony did, Tony did, was back up and hold on to Aki. Yeah. So he was not even going for the ball. Their center striker was not going for the ball. All he did was hold on to Aki. So Aki couldn't couldn't come in and head the ball away, and the ball bounced, and it was Neil Malpe versus who? Guardiola. He, he outran he outran Guardiola. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then um, Malpe scores, and Malpe is so I, he's such a turd, and I've noticed yeah. this before playing against when he played against United. He was one of the guys that scored on us. I don't even remember what team he was playing on this point. I feel like he played for a lot of teams. But yes. he scored on United in the 88th minute to get the to get the draw. But this was the game, guys, where uh, Bruno Fernandez got a penalty kick after the final whistle because uh-huh. VAR went, and United ended up winning it in the 99th minute. Of and I just remember minutes. it because Neil Malpe <laughs> like jumped in front and did uh, some Manchester United celebration. He took one of, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. who was playing. He did the same to Madison when he scored against Tottenham. He did yeah, I, I didn't realize he was as big a piece of shit as he is. Actually, one of the... He's um, just a prick. One of the uh, athletic writers wrote about how big of a yeah. dou- douche he is. It was a whole article on it. <laughs> well, you know what, so you know what he was doing in the City game? Uh, he was, I think he was making fun of uh, Kyle Walker's kids. Well, and oh. and they said, you know, he's like, oh, they were making fun of his kids. Really, he was like, how's your pregnant wife and your girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's actually? <laughs> you know, you know, he said that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, which is fair, which is fair. But the but yeah, uh, Neil Malpe is a piece of crap and is yeah. a really obnoxious player. And you, I don't know if you really can be that guy when you're on like a relegation team. He's not good you, enough to be that guy. 
and, that's and what Madison like, said. He's like, he doesn't have his own celebration because he doesn't score enough goals, so he took my celebration. <laughs> it's like that was yeah, an amazing yeah. comeback. And 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 you, yeah. you guys know what Mape did to respond to that, right? He basically he said something his... like, "Oh, I've been relegated less than you," or something like that. Yes, he said, "I have more." <laughs> no, he said, "I have more career goals than you, and I have, I've been relegated less times than you." And what what he was pointing to is like his goals in the championship and his overall Premier League goals. <laughs> So like his career goals is what he was going by and he posted them online. Like I've seen him mix it up with a bunch of different people. He just seems like a butthole, Um, but he scored first in this game. Um, And then you're like, you're watching the flow of the game. And actually I thought Brentford did all right, James. And if they had just held on to the half, they were taking a ton of pressure. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they did. They were taking a ton of pressure. They did. Okay. But, I mean that's the classic like okay you're, yeah. you they scored in what they scored in the twenty first minute yeah even but I mean now even what? before that we were shellacking them and you're gonna okay you're gonna defend for um, yeah. sixty nine more minutes which is what they tried to do and I mean especially now I mean that might have worked when we didn't have Kevin when we weren't able to change you know who was providing from where. I mean, when we have Bernardo Silva, Foden, mm-hmm. De Bruyne, and Alvarez out there, that's a very dynamic four behind Holland. And Holland actually should have, I think his rust yeah. was showing a little bit. He had a, he had a yeah. one-on-one that he should have just slotted home. Mm-hmm. Probably in the, it was in the 30th minute or something like it was that. Real I mean, early, yeah. We were, I mean, and that half ended with them having like two shots on target and we had 10. Yeah, you guys ended up with 15 shots on target. Mm-hmm. And I was, you so know, it's I not like I, it was close. Yeah, and when Foden scored, I mean, I I wasn't I thought one even before Foden's goal, my comment was if they keep playing like this, we will score before the end of the we will score before the end of the game. They're just sitting back. Um when Foden scored right before half, I was yeah. not really not concerned. Because that's, that's when I knew it was over. If they were that's, gonna, I, if they're gonna I keep playing that, that way, mm-hmm. we were gonna score again. And if they were gonna open up and look for a goal and go for the win, I would would be pretty confident that we could score against that too. Yeah, and I think just you guys kind of changing it up a little bit and scrapping. Although you had 15 shots on target, <laughs> that's a blowout. You know, you're starting to get in that mode that City gets into right around now, where as where Arsenal falls apart when the yellow ball comes out, City begins that that rolling snowball downhill where they just rack up points, 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 points. And now you guys are all healthy. Um, you have competitions that you're in right now, which could complicate things, but it didn't seem to do it last year. Uh, you have an easy Champions League knockout draw. Color me shocked by that one. Mm-hmm. Although you're playing Copenhagen, who was who uh, I don't know. Be... They've shown up against some prem teams. I've, against I can't. Us. Who was it? Oh, it was you. Yeah, yeah. it was us. <laughs> <laughs> so you play Everton next week, then Copenhagen, uh, Chelsea, Brentford again, Bournemouth, Luton for the uh, FA Cup. I mean, that's a run. And then that you don't weekend. play anyone. You don't play anyone until March. Your March is pretty big. We were just talking about this before you. You and then uh, Liverpool. We do United on the third, Liverpool on the tenth, back to back. Yes, and then Arsenal in the middle of that. And and Arsenal, well, though that that'll that tie will probably finish. But you have Arsenal on the thirty first. You also play Brighton at home. 
or away. You play Brighton away in that March period. So that'll be big for you guys. I think the scariest thing about City is probably this iteration of City is actually, to me, sort of a rebuild. Um, you have players right now that don't feel like perfect fits, which is not going to stay that way. When when Pep in the offseason, if you guys were to somehow lose the title or only win the title by a point, um, then Pep's going to get really mad and go buy an 100 million pound replacement for Gundogan. Um, yeah, they really know, haven't gonna, you're not spent have that to... much money and they've sold a bunch of academy players. So, like, yes. in terms of what they could do with FFP in the offseason, I'm sure they yes. can buy whatever they want. That's what I'm saying. That's what I think happens. I think they end up, uh, even if they win the title, because uh, the season wasn't a dominating season, they'll go out and, and, and buy somebody big. Well, I am, and that's I, I am looking forward like to a Prem season having Pep and not having Klopp. Well, I, th- I think that'll be interesting. We, we like quality around here. We like quality. We like good races. And stuff. Every once in a while, you, you enjoy a, a blowout when it's your I'll team. Though. <laughs> sure. Yeah, when it's your team, you don't care if you destroy well, everybody I by mean, 30 points. Yeah, but you also can't forget that there is still a big black cloud hanging over City. It's still there. If oh, everyone yeah. else is running away from FFP, um, I mean, City, they're kind of just sitting there and like, who us, who me kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, you like, we all know that what's going to happen is that the English FA is going to come out with some massive penalty with their first strike, right? It's going to happen. Yes. And then it's up for debate whether or not it sticks. It probably almost definitely won't, but they're going to make it a big splash because they've been embarrassed by so much. They'll do the same thing that uh, UFA did. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that, yeah. And then they'll be, be like, like oh, oh, we got him, we guys. We were the right ones. We, we, we got him. We were right when we but said it is should be punished. It is there. It's worth pointing out. You know, it's like uh, Barry Bonds is chasing 70 home runs. And, you know, everybody's like, hooray. Like, you just stand up. You don't really clap. You're just kind of like, hooray. Like, it, it, it's worth noting. It's in the background. Uh, but City, five wins on the trot. Starting to pick up steam. And Arsenal, who had a pretty poor yellow ball period, Pete, which is least shocking to us and probably the, 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 the least amount shocking to Ken's wife, who may not know everything about soccer, but definitely knows that when the yellow ball comes out, she tells Ken every time, has the yellow ball come out? And she knows what it means, you know? <laughs> Everyone knows what it means. Dogs know what it means. <laughs> Dogs know it. Speaking of dogs, guys, how about wolves? Let's get Jankman. Mm. Let's get Jankman up in here. They got that dog. Wolves. Oh, they got that dog in them. Wolves stomp city. Uh, this mm, match no. was hilarious. No, not city. Because Cole, no. Cole Palmer. City. What? What do you say? Wolves stomp we, city. Oh, I'm sorry. Chelsea. Excuse me. Sorry, 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 sorry. There you go. There you go. Wolves stomp Chelsea. Uh, and I was thinking of city because Cole Palmer scored early. Cole Palmer, a surprising bright spot in the Chelsea season. Everything else is not a bright spot. But Wolves guys have nine wins and nine draws. And if but for a magical Manchester United late goal, um, <laughs> would be in the top half of the table. Oh, they've lost like three terrible. And the first decisions. game of the season against United. 
right? Who, Wolves? Yeah, when they didn't call yeah. a penalty on Onana for punching the guy in the face. Well, you don't have to call that if you don't want to. <laughs> but Wolves is on, actually, guys, uh, it's a nice little run here. Um, they have, I think, one loss in their last – two losses in their last seven and four wins in that period. So they, they're picking up points. Good to see Gary O'Neill um, coaching really well. Uh, like I said, they did lose to United, but not for lack of trying. They were excellent in that game. They came back twice and um, even came back in the 95th minute, thought that they had rescued a draw. United gets a lucky late goal. Um, but Wolves, comfortable guys. And, you know, right now they are four points out of a European spot. But West Ham is sliding hard. Brighton still has Europe to contend with, and Newcastle is a disaster. So do you guys think that Wolves, who have scored eight goals in their last two matches and ten in their last three, do you guys think Wolves have a chance to get into European competition? No. No. Is that because of Brighton? Because of Chelsea? What, what is that? I mean, it's just you too... Don't like Jenkins? It's too much... <laughs> It's too much for them. I, they're playing really well, yeah. but um, they're playing well. They they are playing out of their skin right now. I should say to get into mm. Europe. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of levels of Europe now, James. I know, but I mean, you've got it goes down to like seventh and eighth. It goes now, to I seventh think. place. So right now, you've in <laughs> let's say five, six, seven. You have Tottenham, United, West Ham. That's the table mm-hmm. right now. You have Aston mm-hmm. Villa in fourth place. You've got Newcastle above them, and you've got Brighton above them. So you need mm-hmm. two of Tottenham, United, and West Ham to drop out of that right now. You need Brighton mm-hmm. and Newcastle to also not pick up the points okay. to take that slot. It's fair. I just think, and, and I again, Wolves are playing great. Mm-hmm. As we said before, though, let's not use Chelsea as the measuring stick. That's a great point. That um, is a great point. They're gonna Wolves are gonna drop some points. I, I, again, I like it. I like the way they're playing. I think they're doing really well, and I love watching uh, Jenkins' little Portuguese boy toys running around the field, <laughs> causing havoc. I know he loves it. He does. He does. Um, they, they do. They do take a lof, uh, a tough loss against United. Yeah, they get um, destroyed. Well, they, they were. It was three to three in the ninety fifth minute. Um, United came back and pulled, ripped their hearts out. But United guys are, I think, five games unbeaten, question mark? Yeah, I think they're five games unbeaten. They are, they're quiet, they're healthy again, except for Lissandra Martinez, who goes out of this match uh, against West Ham with a knee problem again. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that he might just be one of those dudes, like, he plays really physical, and he's five foot eight. I yeah. think you said it right. More milk, and probably I think he's just—he's just a diet. small center back that plays yeah. in very aggressively in the yeah. Premier League against these giant Some forwards. Forwards, yeah, yeah. And I, I think—I mean, like Sufal, the way he got hurt is a perfect way to describe the Prem, right? Ball is rolling out of bounds. No one is going to get to it. But Sufal still fights him for the ball, even though it's clearly going out of bounds, and rolls on him. You know, just puts a body on him. That is yeah. what the Prem is. Like, nothing is free. Yeah. You know, like, you're going to pay for it. 
And so United have played really well, especially getting him back, um, being able to distribute out of the back. Maguire played well in the West Ham game. United actually smashed West Ham, which is a really nice change for those of us who support United to have a game where they just beat the living piss out of a team. And West Ham have been sliding, but guys, they are sitting in seven. They were points. in front it's of you like... before the game. They, yeah. yeah, they've been sliding a <laughs> yeah. lot, but but it, it is yeah. it is they're a good Europe. feeling for you guys. I know that they're in Europe, uh, weird Europe. So they're they're in sliding. the weird Europe. Yeah, yeah. And United are healthy, and I guess you know it's a tough ask for United to make it in the top four. Uh, they're currently eight points away from Villa, but the top five it's six points, right? And you have Villa and Tottenham above you. They have a clear advantage, both those teams. United have just dropped so many points and had so many bad losses. If United can beat Villa, I think that they are back in the race for the Champions League. Would you're, you guys agree with that? That is this week, it is away. You're yes. eight points behind Villa. That's what he said. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he said I somewhere. I I six said points five. behind well, six behind. Six behind Tottenham. Yes, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think... We have to win. You got You have to win to have a chance. I. I think. I think that that's a right now for. For any team. Three through, three and below. Like that's not a crazy gap at this point in the season. Like Arsenal are going to drop points. Villa are going to drop points. Yeah. Tottenham are going to drop points. Everyone's going to. Everyone is open to dropping points. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, at the end I, of the that's day, not, you guys... That's not. That's not, you know, as we know, Tom, eight mm-hmm. points, um, not insurmountable. Yeah, and I guess the thing that that you have to take hope in if you're a uh, United fan is that Villa's in Europe, right? I mean, we are playing them right now, and that, that doesn't really affect them this weekend. There's been a lot of matches, but that kind of thing doesn't affect them directly. You just have to hope going down the stretch. I think Villa's in conference, right? Yes. Conference league? And yeah. the Conference League is Tarmac League. That's the one where you're going as your God, that's got to be rough. Yes. So, and you figure a team like Villa, who have a really nice system. They will Emery be fav- plays, they're favored right now to sure, win the They're going to be, exactly. They're going to be favored in a league like that. So, when April rolls around and Villa has eight matches, four of which are on almost another planet. And uh, Ali Watkins Bills, just got his shin caved in yeah. <laughs> in Azerbaijan mm-hmm. on Thursday. Exactly. And United have four matches because we rather intelligently removed ourselves from Europe. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Classic. <laughs> smart. Smart. Super smart. Super smart. Big brain stuff. Um, so I guess United also have an easier run in. They had, all of their difficult matches, with the exception of Manchester City away, which still happens in March, the rest of their difficult matches are at home, um, including Arsenal, Newcastle, Liverpool. Those games are all at home. And more games than not for the second half are at home. I guess what I'm asking you guys is, do you think Manchester United can get into the top five? What would you put their odds at? Let's put it that way. A percentage. Let's do percentage. 50-50. Pete, this is home. This is home to you with your Tottenham. Five? Team, so top five? Feel free to be biased. Feel free to be biased. Yeah, I um, I think that the eight points between fourth and sixth is a 
eight points is a big gap, which can be reduced. But that being said, if you lose to Villa, fourth place is gone. Yeah. Period. It's gone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If you win, it's got to get at least a draw, or it's gone. Yeah. And and they're very, they've been very good at home. But mm-hmm. um, they're a good team. I mean, I think us. I think you could absolutely come in fifth for sure, fourth maybe. Um, and as bad as you guys have played in many games, mm-hmm. like the way that your record has come out at the end of the day, even though your goal differential is negative one, and you don't deserve to be twelve and nine and two. You are. And despite the fact that you are 18 goals behind Aston Villa in goal differential. And have less goals than Luton. <laughs> At the, sure. I think Jesus. that the biggest thing for you guys is that, and this is true for Newcastle and Chelsea, is that you've been decimated by injuries. And you have done better than Newcastle and Chelsea. But mm-hmm. now you're starting to get your guys back. And also your younger guys are finally coming along after, mm-hmm. you know, some rough, a rough beginning of the season, which can certainly happen in the Premier League, but you get more experience. Yeah. And so absolutely, I think you could come in. I think the key is n- making sure guys don't get injured. Like Martinez would have been huge for you if he had could have stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do, you know, if I look at the teams that I'm concerned about, I actually think that we have a better chance of finishing in front of Villa than you guys because of Europe. And Villa's had pretty good health for the most part. And I just think that to be for them to be in Europe and try to be in a top four race is just asking. It's asking a lot. Not to mention. Yes. For that kind of roster. All. Well, we can get to this when we get to Tottenham, but um, mm-hmm. Tottenham, Man- Manchester United are finally getting healthy. Yeah, let's let's just roll right into Tottenham then. Tottenham's weak. Uh, so, <laughs> Tottenham, early in the week, beat Brentford 3-2. to Nice win for you guys. Uh, Malpe scores on you, like we said early, <laughs> and does uh, James Why Madison would you do that 20 minutes into the game? That's what I'm saying. Mom he just <laughs> lives for he just lives for the taunt. It's not like a it's not. But a I mean, you know, thing. I hate to say it, but it did work to some extent because we got mm-hmm. drawn into this. You know, this is what happens yeah. to Arsenal. They get drawn into like a shoving match game. You know, with Brentford when you're at home, which is the last thing you want to do. Yeah. And Ainge was Ainge was pissed far. about it. He was yeah. talking about the end of the game. He's like, you know, these guys should be in a UFC match. <laughs> like he's are they are, wait are Brentford the new Dyche? <laughs> no, I, that's what it's. That's why I'm like you know that game doesn't plan doesn't really suit Brentford though. I don't. Well, think it suits kind of like team. the stop and start game versus us trying. It's, to... Yeah, it's it's to throw you off kilter. Yeah, and it yes. works. It's not because it plays to their the strengths necessarily, team. but you're yeah. triggered. Yeah, yeah, and we got dragged into that in the first half, and um, <laughs> that was ugly. Went down one nothing on that. Neil Mape goal, but then we absolutely blew them away in the first yeah. 15 minutes in the second half. Scored three nice goals. And Tom's boy, Stinky Rich. I was going to say it. I was just looking it up, dude. Stinky Rich, Richarlison. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't know what the over-under is, dude. 
I I'm it's either to look 14 it or 15. I think it's 14. It's 14.5. Well, no, we went 14 and a half. Yeah, it's 14.5. I was wondering if it wasn't 13 and a half, but if no, you're saying it was 14. Sure. It was 14.5. How many does he have in the prime? 10. Oh my. He God. has 10. Man, you're toast. He has 10 goals. You're toast. Now. You're toast. That, yeah, I'm going to be tasting that Blanton's. You're done. Mid- Let's talk Mar- about Mid-March. the Blanton's, by the way, because I bought Blanton's. That's what's on the line here. For Charleston scores 15 league goals, I OP a bottle of Blanton's. You, Pete, I you bought gonna, it. You're going to let him buy it? I already drank half less? of it. No, I'm not letting him buy it. I'm just saying my. I'm going to be tasting a full bottle. This bet, you don't give me that I drank half the Where's bottle. Where's it say full? Where's it say full in the bet? Look at the check. It does not say full anywhere in there. Definitely doesn't say full anywhere in there. You know, this is like the kind of stuff you've done your whole life since you were four. That's not true. That's not true. It's bullshit, man. Like, it started December. Literally the start of December. He had one goal. He had two goals. Two. He had two Premier League goals. He has eight. He had eight in the last, like, 45 days. And just cool. shifting to the um, Everton game, Sucks. like we didn't do anything in the Everton game. Like we did Stupid. not play well, Nothing. but his yeah, finishes were nasty. awesome. Great. Like yeah. well, first time um, cross with his weak foot. Um, and then uh, a, you know, the second one outside the box. They were like two yeah. sun goals. Yeah. yeah. Well, sun's coming back. So does that mean Richarlison not up top anymore? No, he's, he's, uh, he's I, found his spot. No he, <laughs> no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. No, stop it. He hasn't. I don't think so. So he needs five more goals for me to buy, to find Blanton. It's going to be a pain because, you know, if you don't have a bottle of Blanton's, to go and find one, like, on demand, it, you, they're like I mean, you $400 before you, you put connection. your money down. You were, we very, gotta, we, you were very confident about your I'm Dude, I, I mean, how could you not be confident? I'm still confident. I got a connection. You, I, can you prob- been, I can probably get you guys one at cost. You would have okay. been better off betting um, Hoyland to beat him in goals scored. That's more likely. No, because I I didn't have that much faith in Hoyland, if you'll remember. I did. I thought he was a project. I did not like him being our only striker. I remember that. I thought it was Although, kind of sad, actually. <laughs> well, that's fine. Although, I mean, Hoyland has been excellent over the last few games. Let's finish up with Tottenham, though, Pete. Uh, Tottenham's weak. So, they beat Brentford... You know, gotten a little bit of a scrap, won it anyway, that's great. But the Everton, you go to Everton, you score twice, and you end up dropping points in the 94th minute because of game management lapses, Pete, which I know infuriate you as well as me when it happens to my team. Like, it just, dropping those points, it's so obnoxious, and it just ruins what could have been a great Saturday, you know? Yeah, and I think, this has been a problem for us all season, and um, I was looking at some stats, and uh, there are only two teams that have dropped more points from winning positions than mm-hmm. us at this point, and it's a mix of different things. It's not, you know, I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, Big Ainge just wants to go balls to the wall the whole time, and you need to button it up a little yeah. bit the last 10 minutes of the game when you're up, which I think is true, yeah. Figure it but out. the defense to that argument is the last two games he's stuck Dragusine in there for the last 10 minutes and played with three center backs and he's a big center back who wins most of his aerial duels so that tells you that he is doing some game management I think one of the biggest problems is we just have a very young inexperienced team and 
they don't they don't realize like the quality in the prem you have to see out the game to the very last second especially yes. now that you have 10 minutes added on 12 minutes yes added i on, wanted to get into that yes whatever like you you have to in this game kulisevsky fouls the guy for the free kick mm-hmm. that that tied the game it, it just a needless foul 25 yards out mm-hmm. like sean dyke like gets an erection when you do that like oh, god that is his game oh. plan his and his <laughs> looks like his James, face James, can you cut like all of this no, like not doing everything it. about i mean Sean you Dyshawn. guys know it is it's true please take that out like I'm taking it out he, he lives on uh, on free kicks and and getting to the corner kick problem uh, everybody's been targeting vicario after he started flapping it that boy needs kicks. to man up well that's the well, new that the other thing the is thing, just everybody does just that. stick a guy between him and vicario so he has a little space to run like stick your yeah. big dude in there like, i put yeah is... i put that on i put that on the defenders honestly they well have to it, and the and the him. staff like it's clear they're targeting him so put somebody there so he has like six inches of room to maneuver around yeah um but he also has to be you have to be stronger when you go up and the Diaz one was a 50-50. You know, I didn't have a problem with them in the FA Cup not calling that. Um, I think, mm-hmm. you know, probably 50-50. But um, the one in this game was not a foul. And he's calling for a yeah. foul. It's like, dude, you got to man up. Stuff. Stop flapping around. Man up, get a hand on the ball. Yeah. That's really what it's about. Yeah, I think Tottenham starting to get their players back is a big deal. And that's why I was like... If I'm a Tottenham fan, I'm very disappointed by this. As a Man United fan, I was very excited to see you guys drop these points. Um, Son will be back soon, right? Next yeah, match so this weekend? Just to rehash on everything that's happened since November, because the Chelsea yeah. game was in November. It was a disaster game. Before that game, we were, I think, 10-0 and 10-2-0 or something like that. And yeah. um, we lost, like, five players in one game. And yeah, that was crazy. I thought our season was pretty much over because I knew it was going to be a long time. And then I knew that Sun, Sar, and Basuma were all going away in January. I was like, mm-hmm. this is going to be terrible. And actually, since that Chelsea game, we've gone 5-1-4. and four, So we have basically treaded water. And we tied City in that time. We tied United. Um and so we, we put ourselves in a position where we didn't piss our season away, which is big. And yeah. now, starting probably not Saturday because Sun got knocked out of the Asian Cup by they got knocked out by Jordan today. Did you see that? The, uh, yeah, yeah, they got crunched by Jordan. Afcon and the Asian Cup are weird. Uh, weird stuff happens there. Yeah, but anyways, Saturday, everybody should be back and mm-hmm. healthy. I don't. I don't think he's going to start Sun. I have a feeling, unless Sun's like, you need, absolutely, you need to play me. Um, but once we have that starting eleven back, like we won't have to put guys like Brian Gillen when you're chasing the game. Yeah, you like, can it makes put in such Werner. a big difference. Yeah, huge. You can put difference. in Werner, who, who is a meme but can create space and things like that. It has some kind of intrinsic value, right? Yeah. Whereas Hill does not. So I am I really like our chances of coming in fourth place like i think we can definitely we basically have to get two more points than villa like i said i'm actually a little more worried about you guys than villa actually because mm-hmm. i think villa is gonna they're 
potential to slide. I think Arsenal's a lock for top three. I, I think you guys discount them a little bit. They'll, I think the top, top three spots are locked. They'll be top four. They'll be top four. Yeah, they're going to be in the Champions that. League. They're not going to win yeah. the league. So, I mean, they're not going to get second that's place. That's all we so. said. I'm not discounting them for top four. I think that's their brand is to finish in fourth place. Yeah. I think that the um, four through six battle is very interesting. There's going to be one sad yeah. team at the end. Yeah. Um, so Tottenham gets a few player back, a few players back. Van de Ven makes it through this game. Ooh, one last thing. Uh, disappointing, but yes. Mickey Van de Ven Peter. recorded the highest top speed Premier League game yeah. so far this season. Yeah, pretty impressive considering he's six, six foot four back. But back to James's excellent boy. point, which I hadn't thought of this before about Holland, is that it's almost like these guys have too much power for them to be able much to handle. Torque. Yeah, like a 6'4 mm-hmm. guy that, that has that much speed. It's like you know, these guys that come into the NBA and they just have too much power and they get injured because they're too big, too fast, and their tendons and everything can't handle it. So really hope he's yeah. not like a revolving hamstring injury. But anyways, well, sorry, got distracted. I think in this day and age, especially since you're going to have these red zone time periods, uh, and I'm talking about minutes 90 through 99 mm-hmm. which are red zone periods uh they're so long and then you have more matches the new champions league format qualifying stage uh group stage will be eight matches instead of six matches all of these little tiny things that add extra game weeks on you know already jam-packed seasons mean that you not only need two good center backs which tottenham have right now they have I think their center backs are actually pretty good when they're healthy. Uh, Romero and Van de Ven are, are good center backs. However, with that kind of thing, you need three and four. That's and why it's we bought Dragasine. Really interesting. Yeah, exactly. That's why you bought Dragasine. Um, but you're going to need those players, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens here as the need for extra players collides directly with FFP considerations. I mean, guys. The Premier League spent a billion dollars last January. Um, yeah. Most of it was Chelsea. Most of it was but, Chelsea. Arsenal put a dent in there too. What did they spend this year? Like 40? 40 million? <laughs> 50 million? And most of it was Dragasine. Yeah. Um, like nobody else spent anything. So I'm really interested to see what happens with that. Um, I think the commercial value of clubs is really going to come to a head and going to be the big advantage. I, I think that should mean Manchester United have an advantage. They really should have for the last... 20 10 years at least um that of course, that and um, you have to know what you're doing academy development like and academy doing. players yes and what city has done where they buy players when they're 16 and then integrate them into the team enough so that they are like good players i mean the system's really good palmer being the exception here because i think i am shocked that palmer palmer's is a good been player. at city since he was nine years old Yes, he he's like a full. I said the exception. Yeah. Um, so but I think, I think the rule, like I mean, what Manchester United did with Garnacho is the exact same thing that City's done with several players. They bought Garnacho off of Atletico when he was 16 years old, and now he is a homegrown player. He's considered a homegrown player for Champions League things. But also, when you sell these players, you get maximum uh, value against FFP, which is why Chelsea's looking to sell. Um, Gallagher, because yep. they can sell them for forty or forty-five. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. 
Whereas if they sell one of these guys they already bought, they're not going to get that. I think Chelsea, I mean, it goes without saying, Chelsea's, they're kind of in huge trouble, guys. Like, I, 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 I think they could dig themselves out of it because these contracts are so long that the salary amounts aren't that high, which is intentional. So that when they go to sell players, they'll be like, okay, uh, you know, Brentford, you can have Mudrick. He's on 90K a week for five more years. Like, but he's on 90K a week. Like, that might be something Brentford can do. You know what I mean? Or West Ham or somebody like that. So we'll see. We'll see. I think it's a big deal. The spending habits this offseason will really uh, tell you everything you need to know. There's uh, The Premier League has over a billion dollars in deferred wages. Um, Manchester United has $350 million of that. But deferred, excuse me, transfer fees, which count against uh, FFP as well. So to be considered as these teams reinforce for the extra games that they have. Tottenham, I believe, needs... Uh, maybe Dragon Dragasin is the uh, is the dude for the job, but we'll see. A uh, couple other things to add, guys. Brighton with a very Brighton week. Smash Crystal Palace, who are quietly heading towards relegation, guys, um, and playing very bad football. Brighton smash them four to one, and also lose to Luton four to nothing. Luton <laughs> are quietly climbing out of relegation on twenty points. Everton on 19. So we could have a really nice battle there between Brentford, Forest, Palace, Luton, and Everton for the relegation. But uh, definitely a very Brighton week. And then Newcastle continues their poor play as they ship four goals to Luton. Luton had eight goals this week. They ship four goals to Luton at home and draw four to four in a game that they almost lost. Uh, Newcastle just sliding out of sight down in ninth place. And um, I guess the only question I have to ask about it, guys, is do you think Eddie Howe survives the season after a poor Champions League run and they are ninth? I think he's out of ideas and out of his depth. I don't think he makes it through. He might not make it through February or March. Well, he's I mean, in trouble. Who's available? I think James knows who's available. I know Ken does. Mourinho's available. Mm. Mourinho. He said he, had, he said he had unfinished business at United, though. He meant Newcastle United. <laughs> oh, there's hey. no way the new ownership group would ever hire Mourinho. <laughs> oh, I know you're only responding to that because you're at least a tiny bit worried that it could happen. <laughs> I mean, if you said it to Pete, he'd be worried too. It just it comes back to you. I think like Newcastle would be perfect for him. I would love it. I would love it. I do, I'm I, not gonna lie. I miss him in the prem for somebody else. I think yes, everybody exactly. says exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I also think that the the way that football has evolved, soccer has evolved over the past five years, three years especially, does not fit his or Antonio Conte's game style. And these especially guys the that League. can play this defensive style, defensive grinding style. And then be a complete dickhead to the media and the press and everybody else when they lose. That they were they were accepted because they won so much. But now that they don't get these grinded out one zero wins, they're just miserable, miserable. Yeah, we taught so the rest get... of the world those lessons. Yeah, yeah, we tried <laughs> to tell them. We tried to tell them. All right, guys. So overall, the big thing is that came out of this weekend. We have three teams within two points at the top of the Premier League table. 
Villa, Tottenham, Manchester United, West Ham sitting down below, buying for the three, four, five, or four, five, six spots. And uh, anything else to add, James, to a pretty fun weekend? Just one. Tiago Silva's wife calling for Pochettino's firing. Pochettino calls an emergency meeting about Tiago Silva. There's some drama there. That really happened? There's some drama there. I think Poach... Might be, uh, Poach might be that. in some hot water. Poach might not make it past February. Oof. All right. I, I mean, I they're in they eleventh with FFP. place. Eleventh I heard they place. cannot afford to fire him. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too. Uh, they're they're at least very concerned about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pete, anything else to add? Nothing to add. Fun weekend. Fun weekend. We are back at it. We're gonna have. I think we'll have some pretty good. Uh, matches this weekend i will be in florida however that does not rule me out um, for the next premier league podcast which will be next week so all right guys for ken lee father of three (laughs) james lewis father of question mark (laughs) dr pete father of two for sure they're not mine i'm tom miller father of two saying i hope everybody has an awesome week I bet you Ken has a uh, another kid. Yeah, I could see it. On purpose? I could see it.